The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Hi and welcome to episode 68 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack with the noise of my missus making the bed behind me and I'm joined by KC. Hi. Don't call me your missus. Yeah, you're my bitch. Uh, listen, I can I can make the bed lovely. I never do it for my own, but when I have to, it's it's wonderful. Who else's bed are you making? You can't we can't leave the house. Just move on, mate. Just move on. <laughs> people, you know, people don't need to know if I'm making their beds or not. Yeah, that'd be a really weird thing. I'm sure I didn't make this this morning. <laughs> Who's coming in and making this bed? What an odd, what an odd superpower! Just to sleuth in and make people's beds and then just leave. Well, there's one of his more odd starts to a podcast. Well, um, I suppose that's the way it is at the minute where no one really knows. Uh, and as a, it's nice to just be talking lighthearted bollocks because I suppose the one the one bit of big news is not lighthearted at all. Yeah, obviously, kind of as soon as we first heard that uh, Norman Hunter had gone into hospital, you, you kind of already feared the worst given given his age. And, um, you know, obviously there, there was no no great news to come out of that. No, because I, I think that we did talk about him on the podcast, didn't we? Because he'd been he'd been ill before the last one. Yeah, uh, but obviously he passed away at the age of uh, he was was it seventy six or seventy eight? Seventy six, it was. There uh, you go. He um, it was. I mean, as as you say, we were all worried as soon as it happened, uh, and there was that update the day before he passed away that you could tell by the tone. The, yeah, the tone of it with the keep fighting was more of a get ready, everyone. This is going to be soon. Yeah, it was. Yeah, unfortunately, in these times, it, it wasn't. It wasn't to be unexpected. Um, you know, I think I think we all hoped that he'd be able to rally around, but unfortunately, it just it just wasn't to be. But no, he's a. Uh, obviously, the actual games themselves are before our time. Uh, they were obituaries out there and stuff written by people who actually saw him who are a better place to talk about than us but made his debut for Leeds against Swansea Town when he was 18 and played 726 games between 1962 and 76 which is an unbelievable number of games yeah when you when you think of what did, get, did Gary Kelly make it to over 500 yeah I think he was over 500 and he was he's like the most modern isn't he yeah, and uh, when did you know when did he first make his debut? Was it ninety three? I think it was. Yeah, maybe, that sounds maybe. that sounds like it might have been ninety two, but but you know, and, and he had several seasons where he was pretty much ever present at right back, and then, um, but even if he'd have featured more, kind of in that period when Danny Mills was was our first choice right back, he still wouldn't have got to that number. Uh, apparently it's five thirty-one. Is Kelly? So yeah, it's and you cut. It's it's hard to picture anyone kind of 
in the modern day playing playing that many times for for one club. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. He played that many, and it's not even like he finished at Leeds. Yeah, you know he had a couple after, but uh, it isn't just that he played that many games. He played that many games in the most successful period in the club's history. Won two first division titles, two Fairs Cups, FA Cup, League Cup, and he was the first ever PFA Player of the Year. Yeah, which which is something I always forget about, and it's it's one of those things that kind of always backs up when. You know, a lot of our outsiders obviously kind of pile into to the leads with the whole dirty leads thing, and it's having a defender like him win the PFA Player of the Year. You know, something that's voted for by by your peers is something that really highlights that. No, no, he was a good footballer. He, you know, we they were better than just the fights and the tackles and things like that, that he was a genuinely good player. Yeah, he just, I mean, he, he did, he was, a, he was a tough player. He did going up people every now and then, but he, it wasn't, that wasn't his game. I think it was on the, uh, I think one of the Square Paul podcasts was saying it's a shame he gets thrown in with Chopper Harris and people like that. Yeah. Because um, he was so much better than they were. That's why they all got like no England caps or one. And he, I mean, Norman Hunter only got 28, which he probably deserved more, but the problem was it was Jack Charlton and Bobby Moore. Yeah, I think, I think you can kind of look across across the board uh, kind of around that time because you'd probably think that Alan Clark should have more. But again, you, you know, Martin Peters and Jeff Hurst were, were both top quality strikers. Um and it's it's very much the same as I, I was talking to Connie about it the other day when you kind of look at sort of various areas with England and how the certain Leeds players just didn't get a look in. Um, but yeah, the funny thing for me was was having to remember that he he didn't get his World Cup winners medal until was it, it was two thousand and nine. I remember because it was because obviously I didn't go into any details writing a great long obituary because I wasn't there. But I did write one up for the website and I did look that up. It was 2009 because only the 11 that played in the final got medals originally. Yeah, which which now when you look back just seems like the stupidest idea. Yeah, because it wasn't because even... you. Or if you, It wasn't even, oh, you had to have played a minute in the tournament. Yeah. It's the players in the final and that's it. But that, that kind of also gives the reflection of... Oh, the you know these are the only eleven players that were in any way involved, and you just think, well, who were they training with and against during this whole tournament? It's you know, and I know it wasn't just Norman Hunter; it was kind of everyone across the board at that at that stage. Of if you didn't play in the final, and uh, no medal for you, um, you know, and, and I'm really glad he he did eventually get that medal. Yeah, they they all did get them in the end, which was really good. Uh, but that's another thing that speaks to how good he was. I mean, he was only 22 at that tournament. Yeah, I mean, again, you, it's it's un, unless you kind of read about it. Obviously, you kind of think of what was Leeds' first success was it uh, kind of the league was it the league cup in in '68 or because obviously, really, our bulk of success didn't come until after the, that World Cup. 
Yeah. So like yeah, like you say, it, it speaks volumes that he was that he gets that call up. Yeah, he was a. Uh, I say towards towards he's more of a uh, he's more of a commentator. Yes, very. Uh, I think as we as we mentioned last time, uh, leads through and through, and and bless him. There was there was times when he when you just thought, why are you? How are you so optimistic at this? Time? Why do you have this belief in this team? You know that really. You know that those last two years in the Premier League, hearing hearing Norman Hunter commentate, you just thought, oh, Norman, bless you. Yeah, but the uh, the thing to come out of it. And it, it's very weird. We are now going to have the Norman Hunter South stand. Yeah, and it, which, which I think is a fitting tribute. It's, uh, you know, I think it, on the square ball, especially they've covered it so well. It's just this, you know, this is definitely a time now to really take stock in the players that it, that we still have around from that era and and kind of really embrace them. Yeah, it's, um, the, it's, only, it's the only it's problem is we're going to run stands. out of stance. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say we're going to run out of stance because there is, you know, there are more players deserving of a stand named after them than there are stands. Yeah, I was, you know, I jokingly had the conversation with, with my mum uh, about who, who you'd go for for the last one. Um, you know, whether you go for someone in more modern times like Lucas Radebe. Um or Gary Kelly, uh, it's it's a tough one. Well, the <sighs> not not to turn that into a game as to who. who no, I was going to say the the worst part is that it'll probably be. Who, it, 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 the sad thing is, it'll depend on who dies one. Yeah, um, uh, and that's not a nice thing to think about, but it's probably the case. I say, I mean, if they could maybe sort it out so that the corner's got something separate that could have the upper and lower a V stand named separately maybe it's, it is quite funny to think of it like that as the um, the northwest Paul Maidley corner or something like that and then you know maybe you get the the lower Lucas Radaby East and then the upper Luciano Becchio East End. Yeah, the, the, the really annoying thing is, of course, that uh, the corporate facilities are going to have to be named after Fabian Delph. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, it's a shame that they're not already, to be honest. Because every, it's every time I'll, you, you, know, you see the pictures of those boxes and that cream clad, and you just think of Fabian Delph. Yeah, um, but I suppose at least as as sad as it is, it was certainly a good life well lived. Like <laughs> it's not reading like, reading Phil Hayes' article about him in the Athletic was, was absolutely fantastic. You know, when you hear about the story of him working on the cruise ship and and putting a, a basically a big tackle in on a on a passenger, um, you say oh, that's brilliant. And I'm, and I'm glad he clearly thought of that way, you know, of playing football in his, you know, in his forties or whatever it was when he was on those cruise ships or in his fifties. And like, no, no, if I'm playing, I'm playing to win. Yeah. Uh, the only other bit of news, really, which, to be honest, I think it came out 
actually like the day we recorded the last podcast or something, or maybe even the day before and we just forgot. Uh, but the accounts came out. Yes. Yeah, for 2018-19. Yes, uh, it, obviously, it doesn't need going into massively because it's old news at this point, but the losses jumped from 4 million to 21 million. And the, the wage bill for the 2018-19 season was 46 million, which was up 15 million on the previous season. Which, what was it? Did it put us at 90% of turnover goes on wages? Uh, it was 94, I think. Yeah, it's it's not ideal, but it's ridiculous that we spent that we spent ninety four percent of us, you know, income on wages, and that made us like the fourteenth worst percentage. Yeah, um, is it ready? Is it ready? We're like two hundred and twelve pounds for every hundred that comes in. Yeah, it really. Yeah, and especially when you look at kind of where Reading have been, and I know they've 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 kind of invest in their squad a lot more heavily in recent, in the last couple of years but yeah if you're a Reading fan and you kind of saw those numbers you'd be you kind of be disappointed of, of where they've ended up yeah well I mean you look at that that's for last season and this summer they spent 8 million on Puskas and another 7 on Lucas Zhao yeah that, you know I think there probably will have been You'll have had the at least for a, a decent loan fee for Ajaria before the payments for him begin as well. Yeah, because I mean, that, they, that guaranteed five and a half million or something like uh, maybe a touch more. It's only three and a half. Oh yeah, which, actually, I remember you saying because we we both thought that's, that's a great deal for him. Yeah, because I mean, even if if they made that permanent in the summer, they could uh, well before all of this happened because God knows what the transfer market's going to be like now. Uh, but before that, they could have said, well, we'll sign him for three and a half million. We could sell him the next week. Yeah. And- uh, yeah, it was, I thought that was a very kind of under-the-radar bit of business until I... I, don't, I might be calling it under-the-radar just because it's something I picked upon later, But because I don't think I heard it until... It was probably about January. I think it was when me and you and your dad were in the pub watching uh, Reading against, it might have been QPR. John Swift scored an absolute thunderbolt in that one. Yeah. But yeah, so as soon as I heard that, I thought, oh, that's a cracking bit of business. I don't, I don't know if it's worth the amount of money that's going into the wages, but um, yeah, it does... I, t- I think when when the number came out for our books, it, it definitely made us go, God, I hope we go up. Yeah, well, it's sort of, basically the way it sounds is that we are, in terms of profit and sustainability, we're okay, but not by much. Yeah, which is why I think there was... And that as, lo- as losses for this season are going to be even higher. Mm. But... Uh, not all of it will count in profit and sustainability and stuff because of the way that all works. Yeah, which which is why I think they definitely jumped at the chance when the the money came in for Jack Clark. Yeah, yeah, def, that definitely makes sense now. Yeah, um, uh, well, that even without that, when you look at the way it's gone, that seems to have been a really good deal. Yeah, 
Paul Jack Clark didn't even get a decent run at any football sense because obviously he didn't play for us in the first half of the season and it was a fairly late move for him to go to QPR. So, you know, this season really, he's probably only got about eight or nine starts under his belt. Yeah. I'm just thinking these, the 20, because this is the summer where we got Bielsa, that is also Ronaldo Vieira leaving, isn't it? Yeah. So if these were the numbers, then as much as a lot didn't want him to go, we probably did. Have, we had to sell him, really. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't realise we were making that much of a loss, but it also, I think it showed an improvement on the the, the cor- you know some of the corporate money that we've got coming in. I think we've kind of, we're doing a very good job maximising um, a lot of the corporate side of things as well and, and sponsorship deals. Yeah, I've got uh, it here. The, uh, the turnover was 48.9 million, which is the best without parachute payments that anyone's ever done in the championship. Uh, and that's apparently going to be around 60 million this season. Yeah, so... It, it, it's definitely a very good indicator, I think, of the work that um, Radrazani and Kinnear are doing on that side of things. That that we are that we're hitting those levels because I remember, you know, as as part of my last year in university, I did um, an analysis on. I think it was probably the last set of accounts under Bates, and it was just in so many. It was you know Bates's. Uh, income was so based on on player sales so you know pretty much from getting into the championship it was you know made for fairly grim reading when you were looking at going well you know this this is a model that is very much based on you have essentially getting lucky with signing players on freeze or low low transfers they turn out to be good and then sell them yeah. uh whereas whereas this it's very nice to see that we, you know we've got a lot of very strong commercial partnerships going on there's a you know we're maximizing the corporate income um we're doing obviously we've done very well with season ticket money even and you know the seats we have are you'd have to say they're a decent price Um, an unbelievable price i'll never get rid of them yeah that's why even when i'm not around i'm happy to have my name on a season ticket like no keep it at that low low price yeah um so yeah, it's good to see at least that, in spite, you know, obviously I think we're aware of the money that's gone in, but at least we we are doing as much as we can off the field to to get as much money in. Yeah, the uh, it just basically, I mean, it's one of those they've gambled a bit in terms of money, obviously, but when you've got Bielsa, you have to. There's no point doing it and signing a load of shit players. Yeah, you you either do it on the cheap or you go all in. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that Bielsa could, if you gave him the 24th best squad, he'd probably get him to 16th. Yeah. You know, he would make him better, but if you're going to do it, you have to go for it. If we, if we don't go up this season, then... Sorry, you've just given me an idea for a, for a football manager simulation now of moving Bielsa to like Bolton and just seeing what happens. I uh, see it's different on football manager because he just leaves. 
<laughs> so yeah, someone comes in with a D snow. Yeah, a big, a big club comes in and goes away, well, have you? And because they can't, you know, your loyalty can only go up to 20 <laughs> on that game, whereas his is actually like 120. All right, they'll get big until until someone to... until someone does something to piss him off, and then it's zero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then as as on our football manager game, uh, Sam Allardyce comes in, which is not working out well for Leeds in the Premier League. No, I mean, but did got he did manage to keep him up there because they were about ten points clear, weren't they, when Bielsa left? Yeah, and he just snuck him up. Yeah, in second place, and now. Well, we back it. We're on the last day of the January transfer window, and I think they've got eight points. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's gone very badly. Bearing in mind, but you know, I don't want to knock him, but getting that Leeds team into the Premier League and still heavily relying on Patrick Bamford, mm. it, it's not ideal. Yeah, not on the game. No, um, those were uh, obviously a couple of leagues. Like uh, the French league is done. Uh, Belgium league's been done for a while, but they had a weird playoff system, so they only had one game left at regular season. And Bruges were about 15 points clear. That's in Belgium. So theirs was a bit different, but the French leagues are done. They're, they're kind of... They're as, not as void. Far as I understand. They're not yes. void. They are done. There's a difference. They're looking at three different ways to decide how the league finishes, I believe. Um... I think the relegation pretty much, I think outside of the places, the three relegation spots remain the same. Uh, of the different the different outcomes I kind of looked at, it's it's mostly the UEFA Cup places, sorry, Europa League places that, that kind of change around a few different teams. Like uh, one of them, Leon, I think finished fifth and then the other two, they're not in the top six at all yeah i've seen i I did listen to on the continent last week but we're a bit aware if i remember rightly it's something like leon leon a seventh but they've got like a game in and or two yeah which and if so if they do points per game they're fifth yeah it's uh it's a tough one but it's as as this has gone on and especially kind of hearing Divisions looking at settling it on points per game and stuff like that. I'm starting to become more okay with it. Well, it's, I mean, obviously, if they can finish it, finish it. But if it's going to come down to, you know, basically, if it's going to come down to null or void everything or finish as is, then you have to finish as is because it's too far gone. If I th- I think if you were less than sixty percent done, you probably should null and void. Mm. But if you're more than that, and we're at what eighty okay. some yeah, percent? I was going to say we're more than three quarters of the way through. Yeah. Because again, I was just the, the the number of ways you can look at things of the amount of betting companies that are, would have to refund. Uh, to be honest, they might have to anyway. Uh, uh, so okay. a lot of it, a lot of these sort of things, I, it would need certain things would need looking into. They they might have to avoid a lot of bets on stuff like this anyway, even if they declare a winner. Mm. What yeah. it's actually in a way it's kind of depending on the markets and the way 
blurbs are written and stuff, and I don't know exactly. But it could be the worst possible thing for bookies because they might have to pay out on the winners and void the losers. Yeah, and again, is that something that they can go after the FA or the Football mm-hmm. League for to kind no, of no, not really. That? Um, they uh, they just have to swallow it up. The thing that's going to be legally troubling is like for instance, in this, it says the top five sides in League Dirt are separated by four points. Ooh. You know, it, the the teams that are fifth and fourth will probably have a lot to say. Yeah. Like, for instance, France finishing. I know that you don't. You never like to just give the title to someone, obviously. But PSG have got a game in hand and the 12 points clear. Yeah. Let's be honest, they're going to win it in the same way that here, if it comes to that, Liverpool are going to win it. Yeah, especially because uh, I, I think one but, thing I, I saw that I quite liked was when, I don't think it was a Liverpool fan saying that, um, all right, fine, if we're, if we're going to say that we're not the champions because we because we weren't mathematically champions. In that case, Man United don't get in the Champions League because they didn't mathematically qualify. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- I think if it comes down to either, you know, either doing points per game or something like that is, is the best way to do it, just so that then you can conclude the season. Yeah. But what I will say is I don't agree with the French saying no football whatsoever until September, including behind closed doors. Uh, the thing, like they've announced that, you know, they're going to ease the lockdown on the 11th of May. Mm-hmm. And basically, I think it's Javier Tebas, the uh, president of La Liga, who said, you know, you're going to open up a factory where you're working on an assembly line. I don't see how there's any more danger in playing football behind closed doors than there is working on an assembly line. Yeah, I think the key issue is definitely just going to be making sure that that fans aren't going to the stadium and uh, and and forming crowds there. That that's that's definitely going to be the only issue. Which you know, again, I don't know if at that point you you look at training grounds or something like that. But um, I think you. you have to have it at stadiums realistically yeah well i mean the the worrying one uh is the dutch league because the dutch league was about four days ago that's cancelled top two leagues no promotion no relegation no champions Mm. i can understand like no no champions i actually only ahead on goal difference yeah, uh, but the the thing that's the thing that's her- that's really bad is Cambo in the second tier. You're gonna uh, tell me Cam- they're about fifteen points clear, aren't you? Yeah, uh, eleven point gap over the playoff positions. They're not going up. See again, and it's tough because that's then- the bit that I, that's the bit that I just don't see how they can do that. If they try, yeah. it just. See, I mean, again, I, I'd almost be okay with, again, first off, trying to get the games played. But if if you can't get them played, 
say in the next month or so, or you know, at the end of May, uh, beginning of June, maybe trying to hold off a little bit longer and kind of call, say for the championship anyway, call the league as it is, and but then still try and have your playoff games. Yeah, I mean, obviously we we. You know, it's not like we can't pretend that we're unbiased in this sort of thing. Of course we are. But we all really miss football. Yeah. And and you see a lot and it's it's really, really annoys me, actually, when you get people on Twitter talking about stuff like this and someone will go, yeah, but it's not important because people are ill. Yeah, everyone knows that. You can still talk about it. It doesn't make that any less true. Mm. <laughs> You know, talking about the football doesn't mean you don't care that people are dying. But, like, you see it all the time, people going, well, I can't believe that you could even think about football at a time like this. Well, what else am I going to think about? Sit around thinking about how... (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to sit at home and think about how a couple of, you know, a couple of my dad's mates have died in the last week. What what I'm a better off sitting around and moping about that, or I'm a better just thinking about the football and thinking what would be the best thing to do. <laughs> I've always quite like quite like the saying in in as much as football matters completely and it doesn't matter at all. Like it's just one of those things that you know for me personally, I, you know, I, I I'm very much consumed in it through through work as well, and you are in. You know, you're surrounded by sports as well, more so tennis in your line of work. But the, you know, the, your job, especially now, you get to experience a number of different sports. But it's one of those things where, you know, realistically, should football matter? No, not really. But it does. It does to a lot of people. Yeah, and the other thing with wanting to get it going is it's not. It's not just like the players. There's a lot of people who make their living off this. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean the players and the coaches. And I don't as much mean, like, you know, or the people in the club shop. Because for the most part, because the players have been taking the wage deferrals and stuff, they're still getting the money. I mean, like, media people, and not media people like, oh, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. I mean... You know, people in people in production and yeah, things like and, that. Yeah, people in freelance writers. Yeah, who, and you, you'll have a lot, and you, then you have a lot of you know, uh, like outside catering, especially done mm. for for more corporate, where you're getting food in from local businesses and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it's you know, obviously as has been said a million times at this point, it's very tough at this point, but you do, there's no, there's nothing wrong with wanting to get back to normal as quickly as possible. No, but, just, you know, so long as you're not being, you know, so long as that doesn't involve going out and protesting like they are in Michigan. Yeah. I'd, I'm so happy. I, I, I work in Portland. I'm so happy. Yeah. Cause you know, and I don't mean this in a, in a bragging way or anything like that. But the way the way Portland and Oregon has dealt with everything has has been absolutely fantastic. That the number of deaths has been kept of you know a low number comparative 
to other areas of the US. Well, as it goes, I just checked. There was a news update earlier. Uh, it's Oregon in total is 99. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they are working kind of in conjunction with Washington State and California's yeah. as to having a slow reopen, which... Yeah, but isn't Washington State, like, the worst affected? Uh, I'd, I'd have to be honest, I haven't seen the numbers for Washington I'm, State. Oh, I saw some on Twitter. Because I remember you having told me the other day that Oregon's, you know, numbers are really low. Mm. And then I'm sure I saw some on Twitter that said Washington State is, like, one of the worst. And I thought, well, how? Aren't they next to each other? Yeah. Um. Uh. Was, uh, I'm just wondering whether someone put Washington State when they meant DC. Yeah. But because it just didn't make sense to me geographically, but it definitely said Washington State. Washington State has had 786. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah. It, I just find it weird that the two that are next to each other. Could have such a massive discrepancy. Is Washington yeah. State much more? Mind you, what, I wonder if maybe I aren't going to look into it. Maybe all of that's Seattle. Yeah, Seattle, kind of the city, does expand out to a very large area. So I wonder how much that has to do with it. Because like New York and LA were really bad just because it's so populated. And I wonder if it's just because of Seattle. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I had a chat with my boss the other day and it was kind of. Would tend, you know, my company still has no idea if we're going to be running summer camps or anything like that. It's all, you know, still to kind of figure out. But for me, I'm kind of looking at the how well Oregon's been coping with this, coupled with the lunacy that is Donald Trump wanting to open up the country as quickly as possible. Yeah, that is one thing. If it should open in September, it'll be open by the start of July. Yeah. So it could work out well for me uh, you know obviously I'd, I'd rather be going out in better conditions and and that but it is what it is yeah uh, apparently by the way Syria players are set to resume training on the 4th of May so yeah that'll be them Bundes, was it Bundesliga started end of last week yeah uh, and then yeah, and La Liga's come back was that yesterday and apparently about an hour ago, La Liga uh, announced cl they are working towards clubs returning to training as soon as possible after being given the green light by the Spanish government. Okay. So, and I mean, yeah. Spain was really badly hit. Yeah. Um, so my, my dad living in Spain as well has been quite interesting to talk to um, because in terms of their lockdown measures and even him in an area that wasn't particularly badly affected um you know the orders were you couldn't outside of going to the you know going to the shops for food i think you were allowed to go within 50 yards of your house you know th those were the orders yeah um which i mean that's really 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 strict yeah when you when you consider here that I know people have kind of now been moving, you know, taking more time outside than the hour that we were originally told, which, you know, I think as long as you're on the move, as long as you're kind of walking and... Yeah, well, it's like, I mean, I've... 
me and me and our last went for a walk this afternoon because I'm not working to. Well, I have got to do some work later, but at the minute I'm not having to do work today. Uh, and I mean, we just went for a long walk, and we ended up out for about two hours. Yeah, so but I mean, you know, walking through fields with uh, we saw about three people. Yeah, that's it. And obviously, today's weather's not exactly helping either. Cause it's the first day we've had re- any real rain in uh, pretty much since I've been back. Actually, this will be the most it's rained. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as you know, as long as people aren't aren't taking the mick and kind of sitting down and think, oh yeah, we'll have a lovely picnic or anything like that. I d- I, I don't see the problem being out for a couple of hours and, like you say, walk, kind of sticking to walking trails and things like that. Um, but yeah, the idea of then going from kind of this, the freedom that we still have through all this to then, no, you can go to the supermarket or you can go within 50 yards of your house. That's it. Yeah, it's it's it's... It's just weird, isn't it? We'll look. We will look back on this year. No, we won't. I won't look back on this year. unless we get. You know, I'm just going to blank this out of just. We got promoted. What else happened? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a very strange one. It was. I did read. I did read the inter. I don't know if you saw it. The the YEP article this morning of the about the the fan the the fans who've been going to the games in kind of record consecutive numbers who have been who've written into the club basically to see if there is a way they can get into games if they're played behind locked doors yeah i i've seen the headline i haven't read it because basically i had the it was one of those where i just had the immediate reaction of you're not going <laughs> No, and because uh, you can't, and don't, and don't you can't be make exception. <laughs> the idea, of, the idea of fans hiring a heli, a couple of fans hiring a helicopter to hover away uh, over away grounds was was definitely an interesting thought. Um, no, but yeah, the, like, the only I, way it's fair is it like for instance, if they play the last few games behind closed doors, I'm not going to try and get my money back. Or anything like that, but if they let some in, then yeah. everyone that they don't let in, they do have to give them the money back. Yeah, I th- I, you know, I think the kind of the most reasonable way I've looked at it is essentially on you know, unless Sky choose to broadcast it, season ticket holders should probably be given access to, to streams at least for home games. Oh yeah, uh, you should definitely be able to do that. And then, yeah, but you, you just can't. You can't make an exception for people. And I know it must be upsetting if you've been going to games since kind of the 60s and 70s and you haven't missed any, but th- these are the circumstances we're under. And it was quite nice to see towards the end of the article, I think a couple of them have basically said, well, if they played behind closed doors and this doesn't ruin the streak because we weren't allowed to go. It's like, yes, please go with that logic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's one of the ones where, yeah, we all talk about football and there are more important things at play, but that's properly, oh, but I want to go. No, uh, that's just one of those things. If if that's one of the things that you're really worried about, then you don't have your priorities in order. Yeah. It's... You can be annoyed about it, don't get me wrong. I'm annoyed I can't go. <laughs> Sorry, but... mate, I'm going I'm to scale the stand with a grappling hook. Watch from the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'd probably be too terrified to look over the edge. 
Yeah, very true. <laughs> I think that's all the news. Yeah, because there really hasn't been much. We've stretched that out, though, for about half an hour at least. Yeah, well, we'll just, <laughs> we'll just ramble on. Uh, <laughs> you what, did have, an, else, I, you sorry, did have a topic me? idea, though, didn't you? Yeah, sorry, just when you say we'll ramble on anyway. It's like, we've done 67 episodes of that previously. It's got us this far. But uh, yeah, to, just it was a thought I had while I was out for a walk and just try and think of between between or between the two of us of each individually picking three players who when they arrived you uh, vastly overperformed and overachieved and then three players who signed who you thought would do well who massively underachieved well they'll definitely be more for the underachieved um there was quite i mean i did I suppose it probably all comes around a similar time, but there's quite a few who I think overachieved or overachieved for, for where they arrived from. Uh, so I'll throw the first one out to you, and that's Jermaine Beckford. That's what that was going to be my first as well. That was the first one that came into my head. Just you know, arrived from non-league, and, and yes, he had a good record, but I think he made a couple of sub appearances. To, to nothing uh, but had that really successful loan with with Scunthorpe in our relegation season and it almost looked for a time like he might be one that left and might have stayed with Scunthorpe and I'm so glad he didn't yeah obviously there's a few like that because I mean Becky has a similar story because I had zero expectations because I'd never heard of him because he's a lad who turned up on trial yeah I'm, I'm more trying to think of ones where I did know about them. I think... Like, for instance, I... And, I mean, I still think he was better than he gets credit for, but I thought Luke Murphy was going to be a really good signing. Like, really good. Yeah. And it, I thought I th- he was going to be as best as the best player in this midfield comfortably, and I thought that he would progress with the club. turns out neither the club nor the player progressed yeah if anything the player regressed uh the club would uh, yeah at least the club decided to firmly stay in mid-table during that time uh do you think Murphy was the right player at the wrong time i wouldn't quite go that far because he wasn't as good as he should have been but i think he was a little bit the victim of, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, the hype of costing a million pound. That shows how little we were spending at the time. But the cl- it was basically, the club made such a big deal about him being the guy. That, yeah. when, that when, as soon as he wasn't absolutely brilliant, a lot of fans just straight away turned on him. Yeah. And- I'll tell you who else I thought was going to be a good signing. And then he really, 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 really wasn't. I thought Michael Ricketts was going to be a good signing. Yeah, me too. He just—he—he he was still playing in the Premier League. He just thought, well, we've done a—we've done a great job to get him. Him and Julian Joach, and I know Joe Jim's on the older side, but experience, been in the Premier League for years. That seemed like it was going to be a great front too. Yeah, 
a sim- similar time frame, and it was because he, and basically this was the folly of being a child, uh, because he was quite good on FM around then. Jermaine Wright. Yeah, I don't. Outside until he arrived, a player I, who I, once we was, got him appeared to have no discernible skills. There was nothing he seemed to do well, but on FM he did pretty much everything well. So I thought it was going to be good. <laughs> yeah, there was. I mean, especially around that, that 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 summer when you've got players just coming in and out the whole time. Um, whereas Danny Pugh is someone. I had no expectations about, and then within two months, I thought he was the best player. And then we dropped him for no reason, and that was that. Yeah, Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure Kevin Blackwell's got a reason. I'd love to know. Love to know what it was. Yeah, Um, one that a lot of people would say at home, but that doesn't really apply to me. A lot of people will say Snodgrass. Yeah, Snodgrass again. Because he was really good on Football Manager and I'd signed him from Livingston loads of times, I actually expected him to be really good. <laughs> yeah, he he was part of... Because I think the first one he was good on was, was FMO6 and that's when you had a few of those a few of those Scottish players that were, that were still pretty decent and, or players in Scotland anyway because he had... I mean, Branamir Kostadinov was an excellent signing from Hearts on that one as well. Yeah, uh, Adam Webster at the back was really good. I actually uh, just watched a really interesting video uh, about Adam the t- Webster. The TIFO one. Yeah, because it's something I honestly ha- had no memory of. Yeah, at Article 17 transfers. But, to, you know, it turns out doing a Webster is still not... It's not quite doing a Bosman, is it? No. Um, but, yeah, similar similar time period... Uh, and I'm going to choose a loanee for this. I was so excited when we signed Gary McSheffrey on loan. I thought, especially in League One, that was a brilliant signing. And my God, he was awful. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I thought he'd be a decent signing, but I wasn't as excited as you were at the time. I can remember that. It's just, it just all made sense. Like, yeah, because he, he, he'd had that really good spell at Coventry. And he got the move to was it West Ham, and it just didn't didn't work for him there. But I thought, all right, let's get him in in League One. This should be no problem for him. And just nothing. A miss hit cross, and that was it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That miss hit cross. It was a. Yeah, that was an odd one. Uh, but it wasn't. Um, did he? Was he at West Ham? I'm just, I don't think it was West Ham. I think it was because it was a uh, what's his name? It was George oh, McCartney that was, was West Ham. He was at Birmingham. Sorry, I think of this because I'm pretty sure I signed him for West Ham on Football Manager 07. <laughs> so I think that might be the association. By the way, he has now he has now retired as Gary McSheffrey. Uh, do you know what his last club was? Is it in India? Very much not. Oh. It's a. Uh, is it it's still in Coventry? West, it's West Yorkshire. Oh. I don't tell me it was Halifax. Frickly Athletic. Oh. He just wanted to keep playing, didn't he? Him and Redfern. 
uh, that's uh, what. Well, sorry, I just went on his wicket, and there was a thing that I did not know at all. Uh, when Gary McSheffrey made his first team debut for Coventry against local rivals Aston Villa, it says here. I don't know why I'm reading it verbatim. I could have just said Villa. Uh, it was 16 years and 198 days. That made him the youngest player ever to play in the Premier League at the time. And he held the, he held the record for four years until a different player made his debut at his slightly younger age in August 2003. Which is James Milner. No. Oh, no. Is it not? But it is Leeds. Oh, it'd be Aaron Lennon. Yeah, Aaron Lennon. Oh, little Aaron. Which I did not realise that. Yeah, Interesting. God, he's played for a lot of clubs as well. Yeah, he was 16 years, 129 days. He also, Alan Lennon also had the record at the time for the youngest player ever to have his boots sponsored. He signed up with Adidas when he was 14. <laughs> oh, I, bet I, those, I bet those days are long gone. Yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, what a... Frickly athletic, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Gary McSheffrey. I was so glad to see the back of him. Also, Doyle was fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying, I'm more trying to think of one, if there was one, you know, that we brought in, I thought it was going to be really good. Because, like, for instance, there's some that I got a gut feeling would be good. Like, I remember when we signed Alioski and Saez, I said, I don't know why I've got this feeling Alioski is going to be brilliant. Yeah. And, you could argue whether he's brilliant or not, but he's definitely been a good signing. Mm. But that wasn't based on anything. It was just a, I just, I've seen him on YouTube and I've just decided I think he's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, but I'm trying to think if there's any, where I like watched him and I thought, yeah, him, he's going to be really good. And then he would just shite that weren't when I was a kid. Um, I was going to say because again another one for the other than like I mean I, I suppose is there any I, I'm trying to think if there's maybe some that I uh, saw in a friendly and then they were shy like I mean what was his name Al- Alexander Alexander Mendy ah oh, mate what a player <laughs> get him in Add another average winger. Well, actually, he would have been one of few wingers in our squad at that point, but get him in. Yeah, when he played him that friendly at Rochdale. Yeah, he was there for Rochdale and, and Sheffield Wednesday with, uh, with uh, oh, there was Baldazar, Baldazar as well. Love Baldazar. Baldazar, Baldazar. I mean, Alex Mendy is playing in League On at the minute. Yeah. Bordeaux, Gongamp, Brest. Hey. Where did he go from us? He went to League Two. Yeah, that was his name on it, Alex Mendy. Yeah. I wonder if there's two Alex Mendys, because I don't think this is the right one, even though he is a winger. Because I'm sure, because it doesn't say, I'm sure it was Chesterfield. Yeah. That he went to, but I'm I'm sure his name was Alex, wasn't it? I thought so. 
just as a while, while you're looking this one up, just as as someone else who uh, seemed probably seemed like a good signing there, at the time. But, there oh is a, there are two Alexandra Mendes. One uh, is good and one is not yeah, so much. He is not playing in League One. <laughs> <laughs> this Alexandra Mendy is actually Noel Alexandra Mendy, and he is thirty six now, so he's older. He was older then than I thought. Uh, well, after Chesterfield, he went to Hansa Rostock, and he's still playing at FC Saarbrücken, which is the fourth tier. Yeah, f- uh, fourth tier of Germany. That's where he is. Okay. Ah, oh, fair enough. Not not the comeback story we were all hoping for. No, there, there are two wingers called Alex <laughs> Mendy, and I clicked on the wrong ones, Wiki. When I looked at it, I thought, God, this guy's been really successful. <laughs> it, and shock art, sorry, I just went on this one. And, uh, right... He's got, you know, where he started as a youth player and broke through. Uh, second and third club have one sentence each on his wiki. Then there's Milada Boleslav, where he played for four years, 110 games. And there are six lines of text. Uh, his year at Chesterfield, three lines of text. One sentence for Hansa Rostock. He's played 114 games for Saarbrücken. Uh, one sentence. Leeds United trial is the biggest, <laughs> the, the biggest paragraph on his wiki. <laughs> yeah, because it was on the right wing uh, against Rochdale that match we went to, along with Phil O'Trialis, J. Lloyd Samuel, and Isaiah Osborne. God, yeah. Ah, oh, that was that was a dark time. He also played in that three-two win over Newcastle, Ellen Road. Ah. Uh, apparently him and Baldy Bodor that it is in this because, <laughs> because it doesn't say Baldizar. Baldizar. Oh, Baldy Bodor. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, I think Baldizar Bodor was, was sort Grace, of a prototype Gaetano Berardi. Grayson apparently did say that he wanted to sign Mendy and then send him out on loan to help him learn the English game. But it got called off. But that was in what? July 2011. So at that point, he was he was already 27. It was a bit late to be signing signing someone to send about on loan. Well, I think Grayson would have just been happy to have someone in the squad. He's probably, he probably foresaw Max Gradle was going and just think, well, he'll probably have to do. Yeah. Baldi's Alberto isn't like him in that he didn't look brilliant. We just wanted to sign him so we could have that be his song. I thought he, he was a bit of a hard nut. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, another one who I think, uh, probably going back to the start of our fandom anyway, someone who you would have thought was going to be good and then and turned out not to be is Lee Sharp. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one where it was just his reputation. I was too young to really know. But Man's won the Premier League. But yeah, he. Um, I thought he was going to be a really good signing. Yes. What was it? Didn't they want about two and a half million and we rung up and said we're not willing to pay a penny over four and a half? 
Ah, <laughs> oh, Wilkinson's negotiations with Manu always went so well. <laughs> Calling up to to, uh, to try and re-sign Dennis Irwin, puts the phone down, and he sold Eric Cantona. Yeah. I Lee Sharp. Yeah, yeah. So it seemed like a glamorous signing. I, I, and as a kid, I remember going to the club shop when we had kind of an event to to mark the signing of him and and Nigel Martin as well. And they, they, it was meant to be such a big deal. It was Lee Sharp, and it just he was fine, but especially under George Graham, it was definitely never going to work. No, I think uh, it will have been. The first, the first time we played Roma in the UEFA Cup was the time they won overall, wasn't it? Yeah, it was that time then. Him in the first leg against Roma was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. I think at this point as well, he's he'd gone with the he bleached his hair blonde and went with the spikes. Yeah, I, I just seem to remember that. You know that when you're really not paying attention and you go control the ball and it just runs under your foot. Yeah. I think he did that about four times in ten minutes. <laughs> it was now that could be an exaggerated memory. I mean, I was about eight at the time. <laughs> yeah, but it does stick with me. Uh, the problem is now I'm just thinking of players like I've got players like Pierre Loren in my head, but I didn't think they were going to be good because <laughs> I'd never heard of them. I was going to say I never thought a man called Lily was going to be any good. Yeah. Um. I think in terms of, especially around that first championship stint, it's going to be better than he was. And he, and he scored. I know he was old, but he, I thought he was going to be good. Yeah. It's a bit weird because until he eventually did get a chance inside, I thought McCormack was going to be a really good signing. And for a year, it looked like he wouldn't be. He was... Yeah, that first season, he seemed like a really odd signing because he, he, he was more... And I know Becchio had a really good season, but McCormack really didn't feature much in that first year. Well, no, didn't he... Didn't he score in, like, the last two games of the season? And those were his first goals? Yeah. Um, yeah, there was... Yeah, against QPR on, on the last day, and... He- so he scored against someone at Ellen Road. He went clean through and scored, but I can't remember who it was against. I want to say Watford. Could have been Bur- Oh, it was Burnley. Burnley. It was as, as soon as you said Burnley, it jumped yeah. into it. Um, yeah, it was a really funny end to the season because that's when Naylor came in for the last couple of games of the season. You went, oh, where's that been all season? Yeah. And it worked for three games. Oh, sorry, I'm still on Alex Mendy's uh, Wikipedia page here. And words you never saw very often at Leeds, uh, Painter goal secures victory. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, Billy Painter, I probably didn't have the highest expectations Actually, for him. that's a great one. Because but, I watched him in destroy us <laughs> in League One. I think the least, I, I think the minimum expectation was, like, oh, if he gets 10 goals, it's it's not a bad return. For someone that's never played in the championship, oh, and, and to be honest, you look back now and go, "I'd have killed for ten, killed for ten goals over that season." Yeah, that is a, yeah, that's quite a good shout because him, I had seen play 
as an adult, thought it was going to be really thought it was going to be a good signing. No, he was probably that first season was probably on more money than Becchio as well. Decent chance, at least until he signed that new contract. Yeah. Uh, strange times. Uh, uh, I did have an idea for a game, but I'm not sure how well it's going to work without pre-planning. <laughs> because uh, in order to really make it work, you would need to plan out to do the clues in like a level of difficulty. Okay. But we'll give it a go. Basically, I'm going to find a former Leeds player. So obviously, everyone there is always one free clue of they've played for Leeds. Uh, but it'd basically be, I'll try and do five clues, and it'd be like, if you got it on the first clue, one point, uh, five points, and so on. Okay. So, I'm going to see if this works. Basically, the, I'm nicking this straight up from the football ramble, just they don't do the points thing. Okay. But the reverse order of points has been done for several on several podcasts and radio shows and stuff, so... But uh, I was born on 21st of April, 1982. All right. Uh, So would have put him at 20 in 2002. So I'm going to say Jonathan Woodgate is incorrect. Damn it. Um, let's just see if I can... I'm trying to find a clue that isn't an easy one early. <laughs> um, uh I started my career in senior football at Luton Town before moving to Bristol City. Ooh. So in that case, it's probably someone who joined us when they were older. No, I've got nothing. That's not unreasonable. As I say, the first two should be difficult. <laughs> um, following two years at Bristol City, I had a lone move at Sheffield Wednesday before joining Leeds United, where I scored on my league debut. Uh, As a joint from Bristol City. That's going to annoy me now. Um, I am going to say now as a thing, even though I'm pretty sure that it's right, uh, I this is just coming off Wikipedia, so if, if like, it wasn't his league debut, <laughs> then it says it was. <laughs> I don't think it was, but Unano Kane... Uh, is incorrect. 
Uh, said league debut was in League One uh, on Saturday the 9th of August 2008. Uh, I left Leeds in 2010 and joined Falkirk, then Tranmere Rovers. Alright, so debut in 2000, August of 2008, so that's the start of the second season in League One. Was it Enoch? It was indeed, Enoch. Yeah. So what was that? Was that clue three or clue four? That was clue four. Right, so that'd be two points. Okay. I have got one here for you. Uh, cool. I'm quite proud of this one. Also, I'm looking at a picture of him, and he looks like Kevin Nolan playing. Very. Is odd. it Kevin? Is it Kevin Nolan? It is not Kevin Nolan. <laughs> Reverse psychology clues. All right, so I'll give you the same first clues as as you gave me. Yeah. The reason uh, I did that is because when a uh, on Football Ramble, they do this with three of them and one of them does it, saying the question. And they have like 10 or 11 clues, but it's just first one to get it wins. But they always start with the date of birth. Yeah. So that's why I did. Fair enough, sir. I was born on the 19th of January in 1975. 1975. And it was January? Yes. So 45 years old. On the on the nineteenth as well, if that if that helps. Forty five years old. Um, hmm. Who's about that age? <laughs> That's one of the things that I can't believe I had. It's hard to figure out who's about that old at this point. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I don't even think he's that old. But Jimmy Hasselbank. It is not Jimmy Hasselbank. Uh, clue number two. Uh, I came through the academy at Cambridge United and made 99 appearances between 1993 and 1997. Well, players who were players who were good and young at Cambridge United, I have Dion Dublin and that's about it. <laughs> and he never played for us. Um 93 and 97. He also scored seven goals. Uh I've literally got nothing for that one. No worries. Uh, I played in the 1998 UEFA Cup Winners' Cup final. Danny Granville? It is Danny Granville. Yeah. I'm going to say that's the year Chelsea won it. Yeah. I think they beat Stuttgart in the final. They did, yes. Yeah. I, I, I thought he came through the academy at Chelsea. Honestly, I thought he may have done as well, but it turns <laughs> out no. 
No, he only played 18 times. So he made just short of 100 appearances, then had a year at Chelsea playing 18 times. Oh, mate. Yeah, you see, that's one of them. I think it's our age. Our first season of being old enough to remember is that season of him at Chelsea. Yeah. I did even more than that because I couldn't. He's played nine times for Leeds and I couldn't tell you any of them. Could not give you details. Yeah. I, I remember more of his games at Man City than I do at Leeds. Right. So that's free for me then. Yeah. Uh, but so now we get the idea of the game, even though we are just making up who it will be on the spot. I'm just going to get someone up. But yeah, this will work. Because I was trying to think of games we can do where we don't need a quiz master. Yeah. Uh, I have got one. Um, I was born on the 17th of October, 1968. Ooh. So... Put him I'm gonna go with someone probably on the more experienced side. I'm gonna say is it David Hopkin? It is not David Hopkin. Um Now that'd be too obvious. Uh, I played for Aberdeen and Rangers before joining Leeds United. Is it David Robertson? It is David Robertson. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't give you years because I knew that'd make it too easy. Uh, do you know what I didn't realise? Because I'm only thinking back. Right. David Robertson played 26 league games for Leeds, right? Yeah. He signed in 1997. He didn't leave until 2001. He played all those games in his first season. Yep. I knew his injuries were bad. I didn't realise they were that bad. Yeah. And then he came out of retirement and played seven games for Montrose in 2002. Oh, man. Yeah, that was... He is currently the manager of uh, Real Kashmir. Oh wow! What a what a career he's having. Very now. sporadic managerial. Elgin City, two thousand three to five. Montrose, six oh seven. Nothing till two thousand thirteen when he managed Phoenix FC in the USL. Yeah, and then Phoenix. nothing, and then nothing again till two thousand seventeen when he took over at Real Cashmere and he's still there. Phoenix FC, if I remember. I think that's the team that Joe Cole played for. Uh, in my head, Joe Cole was at Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, he might be right. Because I think it was the same one as Freddie Adu. Uh, he's also he's got Real Kashmir promoted to the top flight. Uh, and he also signed his son, Mason. Mason Robertson. Okay. Who uh, obviously must have... Um, got to the right age when he was manager of Phoenix because uh, he came for Washington Huskies. 
correct. <laughs> and then 2017 Stenhouse Muir. Oh, wait. Hey, so, so he came through the college system. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That might wow. have been why he went and took the job out there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Stenhouse Muir, Peterhead, and then Rail Cashmere. That's a good school, is uh, Washington. Yeah. I think it's Washington State for the By Huskies, way, but yeah, uh, Washington Huskies. No appearances, no goals. But he was there for three years. Well, he's got to get a degree, hasn't he? Yeah, so he was in the squad, but he didn't play. So anyway, that was uh, four points, wasn't it? Because you got that on the second clue. Yeah. Which puts you on six. Here's one for you. By the way, I'm just going to level with the people at home. This game's going to go on a while because this is being recorded remotely by Dom and Dom has sent me a message saying he's had to nip to the shop. So this podcast is going to go on for another 25 minutes. Okay. (laughs) All right. So for your second one, uh, I was born on the 21st of November, 1989. 21st November 1989, so they're a month older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a footballer that is about that old. Uh... I'm trying to think who, like, other than A.D. White, who's who's one of the first ones that I thought, you're younger than me, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think he's old. I don't think he's quite that old, but I will say A.D. White because he's the first one that's coming to me, Ed. It is not A.D. White. I think he's about 27, actually, Uh, I have been a runner-up in the League Cup and the FA Cup for the same club. Because hmm. it's weird. Because the first thing I think when I think of that is like that Middlesbrough team, but he's not nearly old enough for that. <laughs> And about 30 years old. No, I can't think of anything for that clue. All right. Uh, So clue number three. I made my debut in Leeds' final game of the season in the 06-07 season. Uh, 
final game of 0607. I think that makes it Fabian Delph. It is Fabian Delph. Yeah. I think that that game we may have done as a Who Plays back in the day. Yes, I think it was. The, I think it's probably the first one I've done because I'm obsessed with that game. Yeah. <laughs> Just because Rob, because Rob Bailey made his debut and got sent off. Uh. It was it, it was Rob Bailey that got arrested for having a lot of drugs in his car, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, uh, I think that's six points a piece then now. Oh, excellent work. I like this game. Yeah. I, like it, mid- when, I like it when it's about Leeds players, because I know more about them. Yeah, it's, it's a bit easier. Go. I'm, uh, I'm just getting the player up. Uh, I was born on 13th of May 1977. Alright, 77, so put him at 42. Uh, Mark Jackson. Uh, no, but <laughs> <laughs> nice to hear his name. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be thrilled. Uh, I came through the academy at Bristol Rovers, but I am best known for a 10-year spell with Cheltenham Town. Is it Shane Higgs? It is. Handsome <laughs> Shane Higgs. It was, it's the Cheltenham part. I could, could never have told you who he played for before that. No, the thing is, I didn't realise it... it but, He'd done 10 years there. I also I, didn't realise that at the back end of his spell at Cheltenham, just before he joined Leeds, he had a he had a year on loan at Wolves where he didn't play. He must have gone up a division just to be a backup. Yeah. Then two years at Leeds, year at Northampton, then retired. Did did uh did Nigel Martin come through at Bristol Loves as well? Uh yes, he does. Yeah. yeah, it was Ian Holloway, the tea lady at Bristol Rovers. The story goes that basically recommended him. He's playing for like St Blasey in one of the regional divisions. I think it was. Oh yeah. Uh, right, so that's a, that's another four. I'm going to have to be even less specific with my clues. He he was born in August. <laughs> what, what year? A year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, since I mentioned August, uh, for my next player, he was born on the 26th of August, 1976. 26th of August, 1976. So, 43. Uh, Alan Mabry. No. I'd love one event to be right. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think the only ones for me you can't deal with that is I'm, I'm pretty sure Rod Wallace, me and Rod Wallace share a birthday, and I'm pretty sure Gary McAllister's birthday is on Christmas Day. So those are the two I've got. Anything outside of that, <laughs> I'm struggling. Uh, he's, let's have a look. Dun-dun. <laughs> I should just, I should be putting the pressure on myself to give you the clues. As I uh, say, this this was just an idea, lad. If we're going to do this going forward, we will do prep. Yeah, <laughs> that will make this game much easier. Uh, he is from Birkenhead and came through the academy and made fifty-eight appearances at Tranmere Rovers at the start of his career. He's from Birkenhead. And he came through at Tranmere. Yeah. Oh, came through at Tranmere. Just for a second, I thought you were going to say came through at Torquay, and then I thought I was going to know who it was. <laughs> uh, Andy Robinson? It is not Andy Robinson. Uh, he I mean, ju- he, is, he is Scouse. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's have a look. He had short spells uh, at Bradford City and West Ham on loan. A permanent move to Nottingham Forest before making his breakthrough in the 98-99 season at Stockport County. 98-99 at Stockport. God, I'm really struggling here. I haven't even got the first clue. So do you want me to move on to the next clue? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so this is, is this number four? Yeah, this is clue four. Uh, I joined Leeds in 2005 and played there for two years. Uh, so... Oh five oh six.
Yeah, apologies for the silence, but I'm really. <laughs> I'm really. Sorry. You can hear the uh, you can hear the cogs turning. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say they're turning, to be honest. <laughs> Are they grinding to a halt? Pretty much. I'm just trying to think who's about that age. And who's about that age and Scouse? <laughs> <laughs> Shall I move on to the next clue? Yeah, because I'm really struck. I'm 46 now. Played a load at Stockport and signed for Leeds in 05. Yeah, move on to the next one. I can't. The, yeah, most, I can't. Pro- the most prolific spell of my career was playing at Burnley, where I played 192 times and scored 37 goals. I now think I know who it might be. I think it's your boy. Uh, would it be Ian Thomas Moore, Thomas Moore, Ian Thomas Moore? Uh, you'd be correct, but you did miss out a name, as I've now found out his name is Ian Ronald Thomas Moore. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes, Ian, Ian Thomas Moore. Or just Ian Moore at the time. <laughs> Yeah, as as was. My next clue after that was... Uh, after well, what, his... that was the fifth one, so that was the last one. Oh, yeah, sorry, we're only doing five. Yeah, because otherwise it'd be no points at that point. Yeah. So you've got a three-point lead now. Uh, as we haven't had a message from Dom saying that he is back to end the recording. <laughs> we've got at least one more round. Yeah, we've got at least one more round. At least we're giving people something to think about. Yeah. Mainly in more. What I will say is from this game, there are some times where you know it from the second clue and the person you're listening to on the radio show or whatever it is has no idea. And it, that can be the most frustrating thing in the world where you know it after like two clues and they need 11. You're sat in the <laughs> car or something just going, no. You're there going, it's Stuart, da- it's Stuart Downing. It's still Stuart Downing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's when that's when they'll throw out that's when they'll throw a name out, and you just go, "No, it's Stuart Downing, you <laughs> idiots! Come on!" Uh, I was born on the fourth of March, nineteen seventy-six. All right, Mark Ford. Incorrect. Damn it. I am I am honestly I'm dying for one of them to be right. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll go down your path. Uh, I was born in Middlesbrough and I came through at Darlington. So that would be around 
Is it Johnny Woodgate? It is not Johnny Woodgate. Oh. I had a brief loan at Waterford. Ah. I had a brief loan at Waterford United in Ireland, which I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I also had a loan at Nottingham Forest, either side of a successful spell at Bradford City. That was the third. Was that the... Yeah, that's third one, wasn't it? Yeah. In fact, I'll say a successful five-year spell at Bradford City, to be fairer. Five years at Bradford. I can't think of anyone. You want me to move on? Yeah, I'm going to pass on that one. Uh... Having played 153 games for Bradford City, I had two other spells in my career where I played over 100 league games for a club, one before Leeds and one after, both with the same club. Only per second. Is it Chris Kamara? Uh, no, I'm, I think he's considerably older than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course he is. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'll throw in with the fourth club. Uh, I played over... I'll, I'll, I'll redo the fourth one slightly because I think it was a little bit hard for a fourth club. Uh, after leaving Bradford, I played for a club 120 times in the league. I then went to Birmingham and Leeds before returning to that original club and playing a further 122 league games. If I gave you that club, it'd give it away. Yeah. Birmingham and Leeds. The Birmingham stay was very brief. I'm really struggling with this one. I'm going to have to pass. Uh, Right, final clue. Uh, My two years at Leeds United were 2005 to 2007 before I left to rejoin Burnley. Oh, it's Robbie Blake. It is Robbie Blake. I couldn't uh, give you. The, I couldn't give you that the two other hundred plus game ones were both Burnley. Yeah. You no, know immediately. And of course, you know why I picked Robbie Blake. Because of Ian Thomas Moore. Because he played up front with Ian Moore the whole yeah. time. Because <laughs> I remember us thinking they because they played up front together for Burnley for about three years and scored yeah. hundred and fifty goals between them, and we played them together once for about fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just the one. 
Yeah, you pe- pegged me back with that one. All right. I'm still four points behind, so I'd need a really good one. <laughs> Basically, if I want to go in front, I've got to get it on the date of birth. Uh, I was born on January the 3rd, 1977. January 3rd, 77. So similar age. So would have come through about then. Mark Ford. <laughs> I know no. how your brain works because you said him. I thought. <laughs> no, it's not Mark Ford. Uh, I made six appearances for England under 18s between 94 and 95. 13 under 21 appearances between 95 and 2000. And I've also played for the senior squad. Um, So it took a while to get in. Loads of under twenty one caps. No, I ain't got anything for that. No problem. Uh, well, I can't level it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's have a look. What can we go to next? My only career. Oh, the. I'm trying to figure out phrases. My only honour as a player was winning the League Cup in 2011. 2011? That's Birmingham beating Arsenal, I think. So is it Lee Bowyer? It's Lee Bowyer. Yeah. (laughs) I was trying to think of League Cup finals earlier. You know when you said they lost two with the same team? Yeah. And I was was weirdly, the first thought I had was trying to think through that Arsenal team. (laughs) <laughs> to see if we had any crossover, but we didn't. Yeah, that's also why I didn't say how many appearances you'd made for the senior. In yeah, because if you'd have said one, I'd have got it then. Yeah. yeah. Right, three points. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was probably quite good to be pretty vague with your first couple of clues on that one. Yeah, because... I, did, I did also think about mentioning where he was from, but mm. Canning Tan. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, it turns out, by the way, because I've just done it now. If you Google third January nineteen seventy seven footballer, the first one that comes up isn't Lee Boyer. I'm surprised that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, it's Alan Rogers. I'm guessing that it's because okay. he's the. Fir- I'm betting he's the first one alphabetically. Yeah. 
Hmm, that's interesting. I, w- I just want. Oh, I wonder if it's first thing that comes up and it isn't. <laughs> right. Let's see. Uh, the pro- the weird thing is with this, but you you can't go really obvious. You also can't go for the like nobodies because they didn't do much. Yeah. So there's not enough clues you can really give. The other one I was trying to find. Uh, oh, is that? Uh, was I was trying to find. Oh, it didn't show under there, but I thought Lee Boyer had won the ZDS Cup with Charlton. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that that counts as an honour. <laughs> um, let's have a look. It might have been. No, he's too, he's too shit. He didn't do enough. <laughs> well, it, I, I was going to do Felipe da Costa, but it's just like journeyman of journeyman. Um, I was born on 8th of August, 1978. Alan Mabry. You're kidding, right? Yes! Get in! There's no fucking way... Yeah, Alan May. <laughs> well, KC wins. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Can't believe I got that. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Whenever you give me the date of birth, I just ass- I, I just assume they came through the account like they came through the academy first thing. So, yeah, I just went to Young players in that era. I was like, well, you would have been the old, on the old, slightly older side of those ones. And I've already said Mark Jackson. Uh, well, I mean, you've got a six-point lead, and I was thinking we'd probably only do this round. <laughs> uh, you can give me another one, because we still haven't heard out of Dom. So. Ah, go on, uh, let's have a look. Ah... Uh... can't believe that's oh. happened the first time we've played it. I was expecting this game to go on for ages and then eventually that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely ruined it. Uh, I was born on the 21st of May 1988. 1988? Right, so just coming up on Who's coming up on 22? Uh, ben White? You need to, I think you need to check the age again. Oh, sorry, he said 88, I did 98. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I just, I had, 
completely the wrong year in my head then. Because it's not even like you even said it wrong. I just... <laughs> I just suddenly apparently wasn't paying any attention to what years actually were. And blaming lockdown. <laughs> with a... Again, with that being the first clue, I'll let that one go, so I'll let you have another one. That and the fact that you can't lose anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, so who's about that age? Hmm. It's weird because there's so many that you can... Even though I've absolutely no chance of getting it on this, despite what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> just try to think, like, who could it possibly be? Rob Snodgrass. It is not Rob Snodgrass. Uh, I won my only England under-21 cap while I was with Leeds. One under-21 cap? You I'll say I'll, I'll say England under twenty one cap as well. You see, because you said it like that with two nations, for a second it made me think Don Matteo, but he's not the right age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Nah, I can't think of one. Uh. Let's have a look. Kevin Blackwell gave me my debut for Leeds. He was sacked after that game. Right, I think Kevin Blackwell got sacked after we beat Barnett in the League Cup. Because I think Ian Moore scored in that game. Yes, I believe we won that one. I, I believe we went. Or maybe, uh, or maybe we were just together that day because I remember talking to you about it when it happened because Ian Moore's your boy. It's a good chance. I, I was at the game. Yeah, I think that I might have gone to that game with you. Like, because I remember talking to you about it. In that... <sighs> In that case, is it Johnny Howson? It is Johnny Howson. Yeah. <laughs> Who, to be fair, until I read that, I had no recollection of Johnny Howson playing in that game. No, I, I, it's weird. It's one of those really weird things where I can, for some reason, remember that game fairly well. I, if I remember rightly, in I've that just, game, I've just looked at, I've just looked at it now because I thought that that game was two-one with Ian, with Ian Moore scoring twice. But apparently it was 3-1 and there was another goal. I think it was Eric Backer. Uh, it was Robbie Blake, apparently. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, Did Eric Backer even play? Uh, yeah, I've, I've looked it out. Sullivan in goal, Gary Kelly, Hayden Fox, Matt Kilgallen. Uh, wow. Stephen Craney, who I nearly called Tom Craney. Uh, Steve Stone, who was replaced by Johnny Housen. 
Kevin Nichols, who was replaced by Sean Derry, Johnny Douglas, Eddie Lewis, Robbie Blake, Jeff Horsfield, who was replaced by Ian Thomas Moore. So Eric Backer is not in this game whatsoever. No. Uh, Barnett, Barnett's team uh, had some rape names in it. Was one of uh, them Trezor Candle? Trezor Candle came on for Giuliano Grazioli. Yes. Who is one of my boys. Yeah. A lot, lot of love for uh, Giuliano Grazioli around here. Yeah. They also had Jason Punchin by the looks of it. Ooh. Uh, they also had uh, that, you know, the Yakubu that was a defender? Yes. They had him, who I remember. Ismail Yakubu, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, just, I saw that and went, oh, wow. And um, their goal was scored by who I've decided is Ronaldo and Romario Vieira's uncle, Mango Vieira. Huh. And it's not Mango, it's Magno. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair. Uh, Mango Vieira, I like it. Yeah, Magno Vieira. <laughs> Come to... But yeah, I just... Yeah, it's weird how much I could remember that game and I still had the score wrong in my head. <laughs> It's pretty, like, fair play to Housen as well, because he spent significant time, well, yeah, he spent significant time at the three clubs he's played for now. Leeds, 185 appearances, Norwich, 176, and Borough, 121. Which, fair play. That's that's playing constantly for a while now. Well, it's weird, because Leeds, it's 20, yeah, he's got 23 goals in that time. Norwich, 22 goals in that time. And you thought, oh, Middlesbrough, four. Because they just started playing him deep line. Yeah. Um, well, you've won. With Alan Maybury. Yeah. <laughs> You're the prob- you were going to win anyway, but you definitely won once you got that. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive. I'm normally terrible at this game as well. Probably more so when... Because we've done it in the pub where you're giving me these clues about Premier League players. And my knowledge of, of current Premier League players is awful. Yeah. I think at one point I may have thought that Divacarigi came through the academy at Liverpool. Yeah. That was that was a low point. There was that or um when you were just saying, if I had if I had to do a little scratch, you'd say I was a tad itchy. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't pick up on that one. <laughs> Completely passed me by. Yeah. But I just thought you'd lost the plot. Yeah, um I was going to just do one that wasn't that like maybe wasn't leads. And then I thought, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you've already won. Yeah, please don't embarrass me now. My lack, my lack of knowledge on these things. Uh, as you've already won, but just because we still, as yet, haven't got anywhere to end. I mean, we could get him to just cut all the end of it out, but fuck it, we're not doing anything else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll give you one more. If you, you know what? If you get this just on the date of birth, then I owe you twenty-five drinks. <laughs> oh, 
Uh, I was born on the that 20th... That is a lot of EK blues. Yeah. I was born on the 21st of May, 1984. All right. Is it Simon Walton? It is not. Damn it. I was born in France and have two France under-21 caps, uh, having come through at Amiens. Is it Seb Carroll? It is not Seb Carroll. Um... Uh, my loan spell at Leeds United consisted of one league game. After that, I had two league games at Rotherham. Uh, one league game for Leeds. On loan. And judging by his wiki, that he didn't play a cup game either. I just phrased it like that to be safe. I was going to pick one of the loanees then from the last Premier League season, but that'd be too young. Um, you give it. I'm going to guess now, and I, I know I've already got this wrong. But did, no, I'm not going to guess that because I know he didn't play for Rotherham actually. Um, the only thing I can think of is Mansur Asumani. Uh, it's incorrect. Uh, both of those loan spells at Leeds and Rotherham were f- were on loan from Southampton. After that, he went to Elsborg in Sweden before re-signing in, in England with Crystal Palace. Is it Leandre Griffith? It is Leandre Griffith. The reason that I didn't give the club yeah. on loan from in the first one was because that's when I thought you'd get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, come on then. Let's, uh, was, that, I don't... was that clue three? Yes. Right, well, you have, even if we were carrying on the points, which we're not because you've already won, uh, that would put you back to being uh, six points clear anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'll do. I'll do one more for you, so at least we get the amount of goes, and then we can wrap it up there. As Dom is now well, pretty much back. Yeah, this will be the last one. All right, let's have a think. It's to be hoped that people like this because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's turned into a much longer segment than we were planning. All right. I suppose luckily we're not going to edit it other than sticking the music at the start. <laughs> Uh, so I was born on the 29th of March, 1974. 29th of March, 1974. Uh, 
Sorry, I just I've picked this player and I've just realised his Wikipedia. He page. didn't play for Leeds. <laughs> he did, unfortunately, he did. Um, but the Wikipedia page skips from the club we signed him from to the club he left to join. There is there isn't even there is a sentence that says he joined us. That's it. It so doesn't even. It's not even a paragraph. It's at the end of a, a different team's paragraph. So he didn't play a great deal. <laughs> no, that's the thing. He did. It's a strange one. Uh. Rocket Junior. It is not Rocket Junior. Yeah, that was because you said unfortunately he did. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not quite that calamitous. Uh, let's have a look. In. Oh man, it skips his first two clubs as well. This Wikipedia. Bloody hell! This is this is fantastic. <laughs> you know, when you think Leeds players, Wikipedia's are very well edited. These yeah. this is the this is the first one where I've thought, where what have we done here? Well, you know, we were just on about Alex Mendy and his longest segment is a trial at Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like I said, literally uh, the bottom of of a paragraph for us. But uh, uh, before joining Leeds. Uh, I came through the academy at Darlington and had decent spells with Preston and West Brom. Preston and West Brom. It's weird that that's the second one that's come through at Darlington. Yeah. I mean, I can only think of one that had a good spell at Preston, but... When I say good spells, I meant in terms of they played quite a few games. Yeah, um, well, who else? Because it, it can't be him. So, Eddie Lewis? It is not Eddie Lewis. Because I, I, I don't think he played for West Brom, actually, did he? He just played for Preston. Yeah. Uh... I was at Leeds for two and a half years and made 64 appearances. said unfortunately and I think he did play for those two clubs so Sean Gregan it is Sean Gregan <laughs> yeah yeah it, it literally just says um, 
it, it describes his time at West Brom and then says he was instrumental in captaining the team to promotion back to the Premier League at the first attempt before joining Leeds in September 2004. He yeah, went well, on loan to he went on loan to Oldham. Yeah, that's well, it. That's his Wikipedia. Well, uh, I think it's safe to say that KC's won that. God bless you, Alan Mabry. You'll have a special place in my heart. Yeah. Uh, so with that, this podcast has ended up a bit longer than we thought, but, you know, just we won't edit it. We'll just stick music at the end. Uh, so this was episode 68 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Uh, if people were kicking his ass from at home in that, in terms of those questions, it wouldn't shock me other than the Alan Mabry one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I think that that's all that we need to do. The stuff we write goes up on through it all together, which is on Twitter at THIU, it's all LUFC. Uh, I've been doing a rundown of some of the player ratings for the season so far. We're going to write a few things about kits and stuff that we've had over the years because there's not really anything to talk about. Um, but, yeah, I think that that will do us. I've been Jack, see ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. In a bit.